great to see you here this uh, late July Sunday. Can you believe it already? Where is summer going? I'm, I'm frustrated by that. Uh, well, this summer we got after some landscaping jobs at the Norby household. I've lived in my house now for seven years. We bought the house. It had no deck on it. It had no landscaping. I put a deck on immediately because decks are really important. Amen? Seven years later, it's time to do the landscaping, I guess. At any rate, uh, I, I uh, recruited my youngest son, Peter, to come help me for a few days to do some of the digging work and get the roughed-in part of the landscaping done. And of course, all four or five days he was here helping me, it was 90-95 out. And we were out there working in the sun. It was just hot. And both of us were sweating profusely. And he immediately shed his shirt, which young men tend to do. Um, and he was sweating so bad that every time he'd bend over and touch his shorts with his stomach, it would just leave his shorts incredibly wet. By about 15 minutes into the job, he was just wet. And it was dirty, gross, sticky work. Guess what we really look forward to, both of us? A shower. Yes. Uh, I don't mind sweating. In fact, I, I don't mind having a good sweat and working out. That feels great and all that. But a shower feels so stinking good. It actually gets rid of the stinking and you feel good. I, I, just, I just love a shower after working out. This morning, I'm going to share with you something that's so important for your soul. It can change your life. It's something I've practiced now for almost my entire walk as a, as a Christ follower. It's, it's taking a spiritual shower every now and then, having a deep cleansing of the heart. There's something spiritually refreshing that happens when we put ourselves in this place where the Holy Spirit can wash over our souls and just clean up some dirty things in us. It's just so good. It's so refreshing. Um, and this is where the Lord's Prayer takes us next. Uh, we've been walking through the Lord's Prayer here this summer, uh, line by line, and we're to this line that says, forgive us our sins. That's the declaration. Forgive us our sins. The implication of forgive us our sins is this. We want cleansing. We want clean hearts and clean hands. We want pure motives and pure minds. So when we say forgive us our sins, what we're really saying is, God, I want to be clean from the inside out. I want to really walk in holiness. I want to walk close to you. I want to walk uninhibited uh, with you. I, I don't want to have this dirtiness in me. I don't want to have these unclean thoughts and impure things going on and rattling around in my soul. Um, this cleansing, this forgiveness of our sins, this cleansing is not a once and done deal. It's supposed to happen periodically and frequently. Um, we're to have a shower, a Holy Spirit shower, so that we have fresh starts in life and clear consciences. And uh, I know there's a second part to the declaration that says, uh, you know, as we forgive those who sin against us. I'm going to get to that next week. So if that's bothering you that I'm not talking on it this week, we will get to it next week. It'll all tie together. But this morning, I want to talk with you on the holy life that God offers you and I, this gift of, 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 of truly being set apart for him. Now, when you are born again, you are saved from your sins. God forgets your sins, past, present, future. They're gone. They're under the blood of Jesus Christ. You become a holy person, H 
H-O-L-Y, right? But there is this process of becoming wholly devoted to him. That, now that's W-H-O-L-L-Y, okay? There's this process of giving your life over to him and, and uh, that God wants to work in us. He wants our status to change from, from being an alien to being a true son or daughter uh, where we just love being in an intimate relationship with, with our, our heavenly father, where there's this holiness that is transpiring in our lives, where we're being set apart uh, unto him. And this morning is about stepping into that provision of truly having a clear conscience, of having a clean heart. It's such a refreshing, good experience. So when we pray in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our sins, what we're really saying is, God, I, I want cleansing. I want holiness. I want to be a right person in you. Are you ready for a spiritual shower today? Are you ready to learn how to do this? Because it's life-changing if you'll take to heart what I'm going to share with you this morning. It'll change how you do life. One of the things I love about the Wesleyan Church is this big emphasis on transformation. It's what attracted me to become a pastor here, that we really can live a different life in this world. And what I'm going to share with you today gets at some of the nuts and bolts of that. I think oftentimes when we talk on a topic like holiness or being set apart to God, I, 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 I think there's something that I'm fighting against. You see, as a preacher, I tell you frequently, you cannot earn your salvation. You all know that, right? It is a free gift from God. You've done nothing to merit it. You receive it uh, by his grace. It's, it's just a free gift. And so your sins, past, present, and, and, and future, they're gone and all that kind of stuff. I think unintentionally what happens are people begin to think, well, holiness doesn't matter to God. I can do some things that are questionable because they're forgiven. And soon the question begins to percolate, well, what can I get away with? What can I do? What really matters? What doesn't matter to God? And that's entirely the wrong way to look at it. It's not what you get away with. It's how close can you get to God? That you ought to be asking, amen? If you're asking, what can I do and still be okay with God, you have to repent of that. that, that that's not going to bring you to the place that God wants to bring you to. Instead, he wants us to become people who are desirous of intimacy with him. And that's what I want to talk with you on this morning. Um, if you're born again and you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, God wants to create in you something marvelous, a holiness a set-apart kind of thing that, that only he can do. Um, so let's talk about the path to a fresh start and a clear conscience. This is a kind of a credit title, but I couldn't think of a better title. could be called taking a spiritual shower. That would have been cool, and I would have, whatever. But it's really, uh, I'm going to talk to you, to, with you this morning about a path of having a fresh start. How do I really have a a clean heart, a clear conscience, okay? Um, because what, what, what we got to understand is we often look at right living as these external things. I don't do this. I don't drink. Well, that'd be alcoholic beverages because most of us are drink water or pop, right? But I don't, I don't do that in excess or I don't do tobacco or I, I, I don't swear a, a, a lot, um, I don't drive over the speed limit unless, you know, it's inconvenient. But anyway, you follow what I'm saying. We, we look at this thing of right living and holiness as a bunch of don'ts. You know what that is? That's called legalism. It's legalism. We don't do legalism. That doesn't make you right with God. God wants to change our hearts. 
He wants to change our thought process. He wants us to truly love one another, right? He wants us to, you know, diminish what Christ increases in us. He wants us to, you know, not have to have our way, but to have the way of God. Um, and so that's what I'm talking about. This is what, what God wants to create in us, this set-apartness to him that's from the inside out that changes how you do life. So let's talk about the, the path to a fresh start and a clear conscience. It begins by reviewing your life honestly. Every now and then you just need to have a periodic review. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 40 begins this way. Let us examine our ways and test them. Let us examine our ways and test them. Now the founding father of our denomination, his name was John Wesley, thus we're called the Wesleyan Church. He frequently asked his disciples and, and the pastors that he was mentoring and the lay leaders that he was dealing with, he'd frequently ask them this question, how is it with your soul? How is it with your soul? How are you doing on the inside? If you want to step into this cleansing implication of forgive us our sins, if you want to step into that cleansing implication, then a review and honest examination of your life needs to become a periodic endeavor that you participate in. You need to frequently visit what are you doing that's wrong. What sin or debt or trespass are you committing that you need to deal with? Every now and then you just need to take an inventory on how you're really doing. Do you ever do that? I do that all the time. I do that physically. I do that with my marriage. I do that financially. I do it spiritually, frequently. How am I really doing? And some key questions I ask are these. How is your thought life? What's going on right now in the depths of this? Would you be able to put it on the screen today for people to see what you're thinking? Are you resentful? Are you hurt? Are you anxious? Are you sad? Are you angry? Are you lustful? Are you envious? Are you bitter? Are you despairing over something right now? What is going on right now, right here? Is it edifying? Is it uplifting? Is it bringing glory to God? We live in an overdrive culture. I call it overdrive. Drive, 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 drive. Do, 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 do. Accomplish, accomplish, accomplish. Right? And when we don't accomplish, when we don't do what we, we think we should do, then we get, what, angry. Are you angry because of the overdrive culture? Is culture influencing you way too much? How is that part of your life? Are you an overly different person? Why? What's that about? What are you trying to do? Amass a bunch of stuff? What for? Are you asking these questions? Are you reviewing your life? What's frustrating you? What's, what's driving you? I tell you what, in our culture, anxiety is a problem. I don't know if it's a large amount of caffeine that we consume or sugar or whatever, but man, are people anxious in our culture. And what I'm seeing here is that anxiety usually has as a root issue some kind of mistrust in God. That's a sin. Has to be admitted to has to be dealt with. Here's another question I ask frequently. How is your treatment of others? That's an indicator of the heart. It's a gauge of the heart. Are you short with others? Are you impatient with others? Do you earnestly want others to experience the blessing and the fullness of God? 
How is your treatment of others? Are you willing to overlook offenses committed against you? Or does every little thing cause alarm bells and whistles to go off and anger to arise? What's going on there? Because oftentimes your treatment of others is indicative of what's going on in your heart. What makes you react is another question to ask. Why? Why? I often ask myself, why do I react like that to that thing so much? And instead of that person being the issue or that issue being the issue, I'm beginning to ask, what's wrong here? Why am I reacting so much? What's problematic in my life that that thing causes this reaction from me? I do a lot of uh, hiking with my wife, Vicki, and a lot of going on adventures and vacations and stuff. And she likes to do lots of selfies. Anybody into selfies here? Selfie here, selfie there, everywhere, everywhere, selfie, selfie. You know what I mean? Everywhere we go, we're taking these selfies. And so we can remember what the trip was like and we can look at it all. I see a scraggly guy that has four days worth of beard that doesn't look very good in most of the pictures. You know what I mean? But we stop and we take selfies. Here's what I think needs to happen. When you begin to react to something, you can't see how you look. You need to take a selfie. You need to, to, to say, what's going on here? You need some self-awareness. Now, if you're old school and you don't have a, a phone that takes a selfie, you can use a mirror. It still works, you know. But look at yourself and see how you're reacting to certain things. Sometimes your demeanor and your look says a lot about what's going on. See, what, what this is about here, this inventory, this, this first thing of getting into the cleansing work of the Holy Spirit is to have an honest, honest look at yourself to have some self-awareness, to become aware of problems in your life, to see yourself for who you really are, and to honestly just admit it and deal with it. Now, in the traditional version of the Lord's Prayer, I like this, by the way. It says, forgive us our trespasses, right? As we forgive those who trespass against us. Now, this, of course, trespassing in that original language is a reference to sin and indebtedness, so oftentimes in the modern versions, it's changed to the word sins or debts. But think about trespass for a moment with me. It means you enter into an area where you're not welcomed, where you legally have no right. It's wrongful entry into some place. Now, usually we think of it in terms of property. I'm wrongfully entering into somebody else's property. But it can mean wrongful entry into another person's life which I think we do way more often than we realize. Listen to this illustration as this person writes about their coming to a new understanding of trespass. I'm just going to read this to you. The more commonly prayed version of the Lord's Prayer uses the word trespasses rather than debts. It is an important word. One meaning of trespass is wrongdoing or sin. Another, the more usual modern definition of trespass is to enter into an area to which you have no legitimate right. Trespassing is quite simply wrongful entry. This usually implies wrongful entry upon real property, but I've come to see that it can mean wrongful entry upon someone's person, life, or privacy. The wife of a pastor helped me to see that. The board at her husband's church was invasive and accusing. They found out that she and her husband had been through counseling for issues in her husband's life, and the board made a wrongful entry. They made it all unnecessarily public. She said they intruded into our private pain. We had gone through hell by the time they found out about it, and we had moved on in our very difficult process of healing in our marriage. They dredged it all up, went back to it and dug it up, and didn't even care that we were way beyond it. They just plain trespassed in the lawn of our lives. 
See, this part of the prayer that I just read to you today, forgive us our sins, forgive us our trespasses, could be read this way. Lord, we have gone into places we have no right to be. We have trampled on people's lives in the process. Forgive us. We forgive those who have unlawfully entered and trampled on us also. So a frequent review and examination of your life is the launching point into this refreshing spiritual shower. You kind of have stepped into the shower style now, okay? Are you with me? When you begin to review your life, you're stepping into this cleansing that God wants to do in you. You're in the shower stall now, and the water's beginning to dribble on you. Now you get to something incredibly important. Repent with authenticity. Repent with authenticity. The second part of Lamentations 3.40 says this. Let us return to the Lord. Let us return to the Lord. Repentance means I'm going to take this place that formerly was dirty and not give it to the Lord. I'm going to give it to the Lord. Now the water's beginning to flow on us, the cleansing flow of the Spirit is beginning to move on our hearts. So as you do this repent and review process of your life, do not rationalize. Do not excuse. Do not say what I'm doing isn't as bad as what so-and-so is doing. Don't think time will diminish the sin that is capturing your heart. When we read the Lord's Prayer, there's comfort in the plurality of the prayer. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. But there needs to become a point in your, in your walk with God where you say, forgive me my sins. I am the problem. I need help here. I need cleansing here. God, I want your spirit to wash over me. I don't want to think these bad thoughts anymore. God, I want your spirit to wash over me. I don't want to mistreat others anymore. God, I want your spirit to wash over me. I don't want to trespass into areas I ought not to go into. Repentance means I am just really tired of being stinky and dirty. I'm just tired of it, and I want to be cleaned up, and I want to think rightly, and I want to act rightly in this particular area of my life. It takes great humility to do this. It takes great humility to do this. It's hard for us sons and daughters of Adam and Eve to admit that we're wrong. When Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden and God comes upon them and says, what have you done? Adam points at Eve and says, she made me do it. Remember that? Eve points at the serpent and says, the serpent made me do it. And right away, they begin the blame game, and we've continued that blame game. We are descendants of Adam and Eve, and we easily blame others uh, I did this because I had a bad day, or I, I, I said these rough things to you because, you know, my wife and I aren't getting along, and he made me do it, she made me do it, the day made me do it, the devil made me do it. You made you do it. Cleansing begins when we say, I made me do it. No one made me do it, I made me do it. I'm responsible, I repent, I want to be clean. I'm turning from this wayward way of thinking, God, I'm turning to your ways. I'm tired of being dirty by this sin that has captured me long enough. I do not want to be manipulated by this sin anymore. I'm tired of it, God. I want to be cleaned up. Flow through me, Holy Spirit. I won't point a finger at anybody else. I'm pointing a finger squarely at my own chest. Repentance is hard because it means you have to die to yourself. You have to die to yourself. It involves a mission of sins. It involves a mission of failings. But it gets you into the shower stall. And the water of God's Holy Spirit begins to really flow over you now. It's so good. It feels so good. Can you feel it? Can you visualize it with me? Can you imagine you're in the shower? How good that feels when you're really gross and dirty? Do you ever get gross and dirty? I get really gross and dirty at times. And I, I mean, sometimes the water is muddy at my feet. 
And I'm just going, so good. It feels so good. That's what God wants us to feel with his Holy Spirit. We're in the shower now. We reviewed our lives. We repented of some things. We're in the shower stall. Now we get to something really important. Resolve to make right what you can. Resolve to make right what you can. Jesus ended to Jericho. He was passing through. Zacchaeus, a chief tax collector, wanted to see who Jesus was. He was a short man. He couldn't see over the crowds. So he climbs up into a sycamore fig tree to see Jesus. We know it. If you've been in Sunday school, he sang about Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. Remember that? That's a terrible rendition of that, but you get what I'm saying. Anyway, so Zacchaeus is in the sycamore fig tree, and Jesus sees Zacchaeus and says, Zacchaeus, come on down. I'm going to your house. Everybody around us is upset because Zacchaeus is such a sinner. They're muttering against Jesus. Listen to what Zacchaeus said because it's about repentance and resolve. It's about repentance and resolve. Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possession to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. Zacchaeus models for us something incredibly important here in clearing a conscience and getting a fresh start and taking a spiritual bath. Resolve to make right what you can make right. If you have done something wrong to somebody and you know you've done something wrong, don't minimize it. Don't neglect it. You go back and you tell them, I am wrong. Forgive me. Don't go back to them and say, well, I had a bad day and I said some things to you I shouldn't have said. Don't, no, 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 no. Don't rationalize it. Go back and take the full force of what you need to do. Repent and restore. And just say, I need your forgiveness. I was wrong. Don't excuse, don't rationalize. Now you're in the full stream of the cleansing of the Holy Spirit. And it's so utterly refreshing. Now we're to a point that may seem obvious, but I don't know. I think people struggle with this point an awful lot. Receive God's forgiveness. Receive God's forgiveness. Our attitude in receiving the forgiveness of God is illustrated in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, where it says this, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We need to boldly go to God and receive from him forgiveness. I want you to listen to something, because I think people struggle with the forgiveness of God a little bit. When you're forgiven of something, it means you're released from the payment for that thing. And the one who has forgiven you forgets about it, and it's no more. If God says he has forgiven you, then you are truly forgiven. Amen? It's gone. It's gone down the drain. It's been washed away. It's no longer there. Then I'm going to ask you this question. Who are you to keep bringing it up? Why would you beat yourself up about it? It is gone. You are forgiven. Receive what God wants to give you. If you don't receive it, if you say and continually beat yourself up, you're putting yourself above God. If he says it's forgiven, it is forgiven, amen, and it is gone. By the way, if you forgive someone else, same thing. You don't bring it up a year later. You don't remember. It is what? Gone. Now we're to a good soak. Now we're in the spiritual cleansing that God wants us to experience frequently and periodically. Then the peace of Jesus Christ should be flooding over your soul. Jesus says, peace I give you, not as the world give I to you. 
peace I give you. He gives us a peace. We ought to have this peace. And whatever is inhibiting that needs to be cleansed and washed away. Now, in some cases, in some cases, some additional help is needed in this cleansing of the soul. And this brings us to point five. Sometimes you need to reveal your sins to a brother or sister. That's what James chapter 5 tells us. It says this in verse 16. Confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Sometimes God uses a brother or sister to help us in the cleansing process. They're like good soap, like a detergent. And you need to go to them and say, I need some admission and confession to you, and I need your prayers for me. If someone ever does that with you, that's sacred, Right? That's a trust that you should never break. You should never talk about that to anybody else because they've trusted you and become very vulnerable to you. Now, the longer you're a follower of God, the deeper this cleansing becomes. God really wants us to take our thoughts captive. He really does. God really wants to put a guard on our mouth so that we don't say those things that are wrong, so that we don't curse a brother and then turn around with that same mouth that was cursing a brother and begin to praise God. He wants there to be consistency and authenticity in our walk in him. God really wants us to have a pure mind and a pure heart and pure motives. He really wants us to be people who are driven by a love of Jesus Christ that transcends the situations that we find ourselves in. He really wants us to mark the race uh, that we're to run, to run the race that's marked out for us really well. To, to, to respond and do our lives in such a way that brings him glory. He wants us to stand fast against the attacks of the enemy so that our minds are the sacred ground that only Christ occupies. And he wants us to be more than conquerors in Jesus Christ, and he wants us to diminish what Jesus increases. This isn't just good sayings. This is a reality we're to live out. Are you seeing that? And we can but we frequently have to do a review of our life, repent of those things that aren't of Christ, restore when appropriate, receive the forgiveness of God, and when needed, reveal to someone else. If you'll do this frequently and periodically, you'll cycle deeper and deeper and deeper into the Lord Jesus Christ. When I first became a follower of God, I had a mouth problem. I swore like a wild man. I grew up that way. So you just swore all the time. Guess what was happening to me? I was feeling bad about swearing now. And so I began to work on and work and work on that thing. And pretty soon I wasn't swearing externally, but internally it was going 100 miles an hour. So I'm looking good on the outside and the inside feeling pretty dirty. And then God began to do a work of all of a sudden, I begin to notice, I'm not doing that very much anymore because I begin to confess, oh God, I want my thoughts to be pure thoughts and cleanse me from this way of thinking. I, I know it's not of you. And, and, and eventually then my mind began to clear up and I begin to think right thoughts. Here's our summary today. Repeat these steps regularly. Repeat these steps I shared with you today regularly. There needs to be a regularity to the review of self-examination. That examination needs to go deeper and deeper. It's probably going to begin with things like lust or like I, where I began with a mouth that wasn't under control, 
maybe jealousy. It's going to begin with some of these issues that seem more apparent, but it's going to move to deeper issues like, am I truly motivated by the love of Jesus Christ here? And this person that despitefully misused me and just said all these slanderous things about me, well, I pray for them like the Bible says, without being angry at them. You follow what I'm saying? It moves to this deeper, deeper, deeper kind of interaction with God and with other people because we're all being conformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ. And that's what I'm talking about today, being conformed to the likeness of Jesus Christ. And this will involve lots of revisits to this process of review, right? Repent, restore, receive, and reveal. It will take lots of visits to this. I, I, I don't know how you are with shower. Sometimes I really, really, really want to shower. I feel dirty and I feel gross. Sometimes I stink and I need to shower, but I don't want to shower because it's inconvenient or I'm busy or whatever. You follow what I'm saying? Anybody relate to that? But you go, woo, okay, shower time. Lately, I've been um, working out six days a week just because of some medical issues and getting in shape and doing some things I ought to be doing. I'm going to just say this. Three of the days I really want to work out. Three of the days I just want to eat. I don't want to work out. I'd rather do anything but work out. But I made a decision, I'm going to do this six days a week for so long a day. And the decision drives my life, not my feelings at the moment. That's how some of this works too. You have to decide. You have to decide, God, I want to be a holy disciple. I want to follow closely after you. I want to look more like Jesus. I have decided, like we're saying, to follow Jesus. I decided to give my life to him. Therefore, I will frequently review my life. And whatever I find wrong, I won't blame anybody else. I'll look squarely at myself. I'll repent of it. I'll turn from it. And when appropriate, if I've wronged somebody, done something wrong, I will restore as much as I can. I will go back and make it right as much as I can with that person. That is a humbling experience. But God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And I will receive God's forgiveness. I will have open arms and receive it. And when needed, I'll reveal to a trusted brother or sister in Christ, I'm struggling with something. Pray with me. That puts you right in the shower stall, my friends, (laughs) of the cleansing of God's work in your hearts. And you become more like Jesus. So the declaration this week was, forgive our sins. The implication is, I want a cleansing. I want a cleansing. So now we're to this review moment of the Lord's Prayer. Think about where we've come over the last few weeks. This last week since I was up north on vacation, I ran a lot. I wasn't close enough to work out at the place I usually work out, so I ran every morning. And I I thought, I should pray the Lord's Prayer while I'm running. Anything to do other than thinking about this blasted running, amen? So I begin, our Father. I remember that, our Father. And I got stuck on our Father for about a half a mile. God, you are my Father. You're the Father I never really have because my earthly Father can never be the Father you are to me. My earthly Father cannot be perfect. He's imperfect. But you are perfect in all ways and you want intimate relationship with me. I don't understand it. I don't fathom it. I, don't even, I can't grasp it. But you are my Father my father who I love so much and who loves me so much and I'm going along speaking it out loud running up north in the woods. Why not? If somebody sees me, they just think, old dude, crazy, you know? So then I'm going along. I said, hallowed be your name. There's another half mile. I looked at the trees in northern Minnesota and I looked at the beautiful day and I said, you created all this. 
The beauty of you is breathtaking. You're majestic above my imagination. You're greater than I can comprehend. And I'm going along and worshiping God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Oh God, I got to surrender. I don't surrender very well. I want to be king of my own life all the time. I want to be king of my own life. And you want me to be subjected to you. And you want to be king of my life. I surrender, I surrender. I, I give up. Give us this day our daily bread. If I'm a surrender person, then I'm really dependent upon you, God. It all goes together. And I, I admit today, I said to God, I don't like to be dependent. I want to be independent, but I am called to be dependent upon you. You are my breath. You are my life. You are my very being, God. And I'm praying the Lord's Prayer. And then, then we get to forgive my sins as I forgive those who sin against me. That's today's message. And I prayed this a lot. God, I need to review my life because there are some things in me that aren't very good. I give those to you. And some people came to mind who have greatly offended me over the years, who have said some things that are very hurtful. And I said, you know what, God? I do that to you. I do that to you, don't I? Unintentionally. And I begin to say, okay, God, work this out on me. And I begin to pray for the people that God would love them and bless on them. I don't pray for them to get them. I pray for them to bless them and love on them. And I pray, God, create in me a clean heart. I want to return to you like I did when I was a young man. When I was 17 or 18, it was crazy. I'd do anything I thought to do for you. I didn't care what anybody thinks. I'm, I want to return to my crazy days of following after you wholeheartedly, recklessly, with free abandonment. I want to return to those days. God, you know, then I prayed some things I need to do. I need to begin to restore. I need to begin to go to people's lives, and I need to begin to give them hugs and do some things for them that I should be doing because you're telling me to do that. You follow what I'm saying? And I'm praying the Lord's Prayer a few times, and I didn't even discuss this with anybody because I'm still processing what all this means, but are you getting how the Lord's Prayer works now? Are you seeing this? It's so transformative if it's done this way. So we're going to stand right now and say the Lord's Prayer all out together. Would you stand with me, please? Continue to pray the Lord's Prayer, by the way. And if you need to have some prayer after service, you can go over here and there's a prayer team that will pray with you after service. I want to make sure that that's available. But for now, we're going to sing the Lord's Prayer and then we're going to end with a song. So would you say this out loud with me, please? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We're going to sing a song to end with here. Listen, God loves you. He loves you so much. Do you know that? As you worship him today, worship him with all your heart. Just love on him. Pray the Lord's Prayer frequently. Go through what I talked with you about today frequently. Just do it. Be honest before God and see if he doesn't work mightily in your lives.